0: Hello and welcome to Squareness Circle. Here is part two of my conversation on force management, mentorship, and development with Lieutenant Colonel John Hartridge. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this program are of my own and of my guests. They do not reflect the positions of the U.S. government, the Department of Defense, the U.S. Army, and any other organization. This content is for education and information purposes only. Yes, sir. Um, this is this is a question. Um... I'm following up on sir that uh, I you know I got from a from a peer that's you know, very <laughs> was very headstrong, making sure that I you know hey make sure you get this one in the in the podcast. Um, what can we do as as junior fifties to continue to to develop? Should we just read you know and this is, this is based off the conversation I had with this individual? Should we just read the How the Army Runs manual? Like is that what we should be doing? Like how do we how do we get better? Well, I think. You gotta expand your
1: horizons to get better, right? And you gotta challenge yourself in ways that you're not. Like, you have to become uncomfortable, right? And so, um, I mean, it might be you know cliche or you know redundant, but see, you, know, you got to write. You know, like you gotta you gotta try and write. You gotta try and get published, whether that's in the Q course, whether that's in the Oracle. Um, cheap plug for you there, Mr. Editor. Um, you know, whether it's in army press, joint force quarterly, whatever it is, right? Like you got to put an idea out there and, and try and publish, right? You got to read, um, but you got to read a diverse types of, you know, diverse things, right? You can never go wrong reading some of the strategic classics like Clausewitz, Thucydides and Sun Tzu, but then you gotta, you can explore other domains, right? Like, um, reading. Uh, so the the book I'm reading right now, um, James Gle- uh, Gellick, Chaos, right? And it's talking about nonlinear systems, uh, fractals, and just, you know, some of these other, you know, understanding the science in understanding complexity. Uh, completely not a, you know, military theory history, you know, that we would typically be drawn to and it's connecting dots. So, um, it's, and it's offering new ways of thinking about things and then showing, you know, different people thinking about problems in similar ways. Right. So you do those things and then try and get as many, you know, study opportunities as you can. Right. I did the defense strategy course, highly recommend it. Uh, any chance you have to again write and have war college professors grade your homework, right uh, is a great opportunity. So those things are, are just ways you can continue to develop. Um, and any other unique assignments as you continue to go on, uh, post post one of, if you don't go to the building, or if you have the time, what other unique assignments do we have as F-A-50s to go and broaden yourself to a combat command, to the Joint Staff, uh, to a Center of Excellence or uh, Fort Leavenworth at CAC, right? Like the force management model has got seven you know, distinct areas and most of us 50s really touch a few, right? And we get very good, and you know, not pigeonholed, but there's certain you know you got to do a couple of things to touch all of them, right? And so you should really strive to see how many of these boxes can you check, and really become that mile wide
0: across the enterprise. Yes, sir. So you've been in your your K and B since since May June June now, sir. Um, what have you learned? now or you know recently uh that you wish like oh man i wish i wish i would have known this when i was uh you know at fort liberty and you're you're one of one or you were you know brand new force manager
1: so. it goes back to decision cycle right like how does the army make some of those decisions to get left of the duck right like um when i look back to my time and like if you go back to the q course right you get the fundamental knowledge to go out and be dangerous. And then um, our organizations, you know, are reliant, you know, you're reliant on the K and B's then to get to those other things. Right. Um, You know, when I showed up, I felt absolutely prepared, you know, to, to go and have a a fundamental understanding of what I was going to walk into. Um, But it was, how do I make sure decisions are going to get made in time, right? And that's where I didn't have a good grasp, both, um, you know, in my one of, and in, um, my first assignment, right? Like when is the decision made, how far back do we need to plan it? When, when do, when are the cutoffs as we kind of see these things happening in time and space. And so understanding some of those decision trees is probably the, is, is, the one thing that if you know when the decision gets made then you can backwards plan to know if you're going to be late to need or not nine Mm -hmm. times out of ten what we end up finding is the decision was yesterday and we're not going to get considered
0: yes sir so kind of looking forward in time here you know a futurist type question where do you see the future of, of force management? Like, how, how do you see it? Will, you know, will it be different, you know, in the next 5, 10, 15, 15 years? Um, do you see any, any changes, sir?
1: So all of our functions are tied to the Secretary's Title 10 authorities, right? So the what we're going to do isn't going to change, right? The how we do it, I think like everything else has got to get faster has to be better integrated, is going to get more uh, networked and has to be more responsive, right? And so there are, and those are, those are different levers that you can pull that will affect others, right? And so you can make something super responsive, but it doesn't buy, you're making too many changes too fast and the army is constantly in motion. Right, I think as we look forward, the expectation is we're gonna have to figure out how we do things in parallel, interconnected, and be able to present decisions to senior leaders faster. Um, You know, there was a, General Randy made a comment a couple of days ago and, you know, kind of said, the process of the joint war fighting concept to the army operating concept to the branch or functional warfighting concepts is six years if you do it in, if you do it as a gated process. And by that point, you're already late to need, right? So how do you develop a concept in parallel and then develop the solutions in parallel to the concept, right? So how do you kind of do things in a synchronized and integrated way. Um, is it a technology that'll get us there? You know, I know GIF MOE is out there. Um, AFC is working on the uh, Army capability threads. You know, there's, there will be a system, right? That, that That's gonna be a given. There's so much data, it will get put somewhere. Uh, how do we, we're just gonna have to learn how we leverage that and how we, you know, network ourselves to be better prepared to move faster because I think that's that's the expectation Um, and if we can't um, then I think we'll get left behind and so it's how do we what do we do now to really be prepared to move faster not that we're going to move faster because decisions you know we don't make the decisions we make the recommendation and so, how do we make better recommendations faster? And it's just something we have to think about as a community.
0: Yes, sir. Uh, so there was there was another question from a, from a fellow peer, you know, that was like, "Hey, you got to make sure this one is is included, sir." And we, we we talked about it, but I but I want a little bit more from you on this one, sir. So why why should we go for that one of one assignment? You know, I, I maybe, you know, for myself, you know, maybe I have worries, right? Like maybe I'm going to be placed as a, as a battle captain, you know, um, you know, I, I, I did that previously, you know, before it became a force manager, you know, there's, there's, there's some risk there, you know, being assigned to, you know, do, do certain things, but like, you know, why, why should I go do that with that one-on-one?
1: Well, I think it's, if you're worried about being cannon fodder, right. If you're worried about being relegated then you're already behind the curve, right? Because as a force manager, you have got to have the, um, you've gotta be able to shape the conversation to influence the senior leaders and inform them, right? So shape, influence, and form, right? Those are what we are trying to do. Um, and if you have the potential to continue to exceed, to to excel, right? You're not going to have a single problem going into a into a one-up job, right? Um, so I will say I had the same fear walking into uh, my one of upfront, but I still walked into it because I knew that I would be able to show my value, right? In those in those areas of shaping, influencing, and informing, right? Um, and delivering results right and so it's how do you you know pull all that together so um, i will say i was never treated unfairly ever um when the situation called for it initially you know when, when you're an unknown um you may get looked at hey he can be the extra battle major in crisis right and so steady state everyone knows you've got something very important to do and it's how you continue to articulate that and deliver Uh, when crisis happened uh, i will tell you no one looked at me to be the battle major after i demonstrated my value they said get on your computer and do what you do Right, and once you demonstrate the value of that once, it's, you've demonstrated what you can do and what we as 50s have that ability to do, Um, even just by leveraging the the network, what the information we are able to pull together, synchronize and and integrate. So, um, you know, my organization, you know, in 2020 and 2021, both, Uh, responded to um, some uh, crisis deployments and then we deployed the headquarters in support of the covid response and what i will tell you is never once was i put into the talk as a battle major it was understand the strategic landscape integrate with you know echelons above one and sometimes two echelons higher and paint the picture of what is not don't give me the 50 meter target give me the 300 meter target show us what we're not looking at yet um, in our domain and when you demonstrate that value you're you'll never be a battle major right you're you've demonstrated that capability so but why go do that right well it's that experience of driving those processes Right, so that you're not waiting on the call for, hey, what do you know? You're, you understand, from a operations perspective, how to drive, and synchronize and integrate the other G staff sections for some of these critical events, right? So how do you how do you learn to network across the you know a division staff for TAA? Um, how do you learn? To, to network across all of the directorates for a command plan. Uh, you know, when we're thinking about gaps and solutions uh, or even just gap identification, right, building that whole picture to say, what is the problem we're trying to solve? And, and finding everyone that may have a problem. Right, and that's why I, that, thats the utility and the one of's is being able to go to those peers, and and sometimes superiors on the on the staff, and having those those conversations to be able to deliver, or set the organization up to to deliver.
0: Yes, sir. So let's talk like O five O six K and um, You know, being a chief of force structure, or being you know the. You know, the chief of, you know, force management, right? You know, uh, why, why should we strive? Why, why should we try to go to those, get those positions? You know, you know, you know, is there, can I, can I get promoted anyways if I, if I don't? Like, why, why should I go for those KMVs sir? Or-
1: well, I, why did you V-tip, right? Like, if you, if you think about why did I become a force manager? Did I become a force manager to do things that are easy and skate? Well, then you're on the wrong career field, Right. Like, did I come, did I become a 50 to drive processes and lead organizations through change? If that's the answer, then why wouldn't you want to be, you know, what we, you know, with a, a battalion or brigade commander equivalent, right? Because that's essentially what we, what we are is those, you know, it's those battalion and brigade command positions. Yes, we still are staff officers, but we are staff leaders that are developing junior fifties. And so it turns into, if you're worried about prom- getting promoted, right? And not worrying about the enterprise or worrying about developing the fifties, that's individual excellence versus the collective excellence, right? If you if we take a holistic look at collective excellence, um, we all should want to go and try and be those leaders right cuz that's what i mean that we're still soldiers right we're still officers in the army we should want to lead and drive and if if you thought force management was the the place where you can just kind of stand back and not right like then you then i don't know what you're really trying to get after right so I know we're trying to make changes, and I think it's already in the works that to make 06, you have to be a KMB, right? It shouldn't it shouldn't come to that, or shouldn't have to come to that. Um, but the state of the branch today is what it is. Um, I think we should strive to be leaders in any organization that we're in, and 50, being a fifty is no different. And so, uh, I think if if you came here thinking I can make 06 and retire without doing doing some of those harder jobs or doing some of the heavy lifting or some burning the intellectual calories, um, I don't like. We're not a retirement community. You know, we're here to do hard work to drive the army forward in in the ways that our senior leaders want the army to go.
0: Sir, I was wondering if you could tell me about your experiences with 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 TDY and with like any any deployments do do force managers go TDY a lot? Do they deploy a lot or 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 not? Sir, so it's going to be that one is going to
1: be organization dependent. Right. Um, I think the TDY, it can be good or bad, depending on where you're at and the function you're doing. So Today at um, at Arsent, um, I've had the opportunity to go Tdy once. Um, you know, the ability to use to use and leverage Teams has really um, taken down some of those need to go Tdy a lot. Um, but there's always going to be chances and opportunities where we we would want to go Tdy. Uh, the Army Resourcing, the, the four Army conferences, right? The AMEC, the ASARC, the APSIC, and the AFRC are great opportunities to to go TDY. um because those are some of the big capstone, you know, events for the Army and those commands. Um, I, but I think it where you are depends, right? Um, as far as deployments the one ofs if you're in an esc a division you have a higher likelihood of deploying like that's that's the reality it's still a deployable headquarters Um, the cores are going to be the same way whether or not the the requirement needs the fa50 right remains to be seen Um, i think everyone's experience is going to vary but uh, it shouldn't turn you off from from going to those organizations, right? We're still soldiers. It's still, if if the bench if, if the bench needs to get cleared, we're still going to go. Um, so I wouldn't let I wouldn't let that turn us off to trying to go to some of those harder assignments. Yes,
0: sir. Thank you. Uh, another question, you know, that we, you know, I've heard from, you know potential v is like, what is, what's the work-life balance look like in, um, in the, in the life of a, of a force manager? So I was wondering sir, sort of if you could, you know, dive into that one and give us your perspective on that.
1: So I'd say work-life balance, you can, you'll do good. My, my ratio right now is about 60, 40, right? Assignments that have been, have been good for work-life balance and assignments that haven't been. Um, and it depends on where you're at. So um, both in the organization type, right? And um, the specific organization, right? So if you're in the 82nd, um, work-life balance, probably you know, it'll be a little bit skewed, a little bit higher towards work, a little bit less towards uh, the life part. Um, the ESC at Liberty um, was kind of the same, right? Because of responding to real world crises. Um, other places it'll it'll skew a little bit back. Um, you know, and it's it's not to say that my time at Liberty wasn't great. it was absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, my time at CAC uh, was a little bit better on the work life um, from being a balance or for being balanced, and it was still a great and phenomenal assignment. our set right now is great in a work-life balance. Have there, have there been days where we've had to sit down and grind it out? Absolutely, right, it's what we do. Um, but there have been opportunities where, you know, like kids need to get picked up from school, kids have to get taken to the doctor. You have that opportunity. Um, every assignment is is gonna be different, but I will say we we do a pretty good job of, of making sure we can we we don't drop the glass balls um and we try really hard not to drop any of the rubber balls but we understand where we need to we can where we can get balance we take it.
0: yes sir yeah thank you um so I'd like to, to transition to the to the fun questions and, and these are the questions that I ask every single guest and I'll continue to ask every every guest that I have here on the on the podcast. Um, and so the first question on you know I'd like to ask, and this is just increases my my reading list. So sometimes I wonder why I keep asking this question, cause I just always get great answers that come out of this one um, is, you know, what is your all time favorite book, sir?
1: So I always hear all of your guests struggle with this question. And so yeah. um, it, so I've been, I've been trying to fight off that struggle. Um, so I will say, I think my favorite book, and it's for sentimental reasons, because um, it's really what got me turned on to being in the army and doing some of the things we do now, you know, 30 years ago almost, um, was Cardinal of the Kremlin by Tom Clancy right um just one of those really interesting books um you know technologically advanced for its time right um but just really kind of like sparked something for me right and and that's in the fiction realm and you know i haven't picked it up you know like i said in probably 30 years but it was just one of those like things i remember about you know it, it lit a spark um i will say one of the books that's really stood out to me lately um, uh, and this was a recommendation from, uh, Lieutenant General Hogue, who was a senior mentor at MCTP was if you survive, um, and it was chronicling, um, the, the allies fight in the Hurtkin forest, right. And really demonstrated, um, what LISCO looked like, um, from a, from the tactical level of what, uh. You know a company commander was dealing with just in losses fighting through the Herkin Forest. And so um it, it's one of those where it's it paints the very unrosy picture of um warfare um, in a Lisco environment. And so um it, it was just one of those things I've kind of been taking you know it's you take the gloss off of Band of Brothers um and some of those other you know depictions And it really, you know, it just kind of shows you if LISCO is the next fight, what it would, what it could look like, or at least what it did look like.
0: Yeah, awesome. Thank you, sir. Next question is, you know, what emerging or, you know, future capability technology worries you the most?
1: So it's not necessarily a specific capability, but it's the proliferation of capabilities, right? What we're starting to see is, non-state actors or highly empowered persons that have the ability, the means um, to shape conflict, right? And so traditionally capabilities that have been left to nation states are becoming increasingly available to either non-state actors or highly empowered persons. And so, And those are not necessarily in lethal capabilities, but some of the more, I'll be, you know, I would, I would almost say dangerous um, cyber EMS network. Um, And, you know, it's kind of what we're starting to see is you almost have the potential for a cheesy Bond villain in real life, you know, that wants to control information. Um, Not that anyone is doing any of that right um and not that there are persons out there with those intents but i think what, what what you could potentially see is someone with i think we're, we're reaching the the apogee of that technology where someone could theoretically do that uh, to whatever you know ends or me you know to whatever ends they're looking at uh, you know i think you look at what um anonymous is able to do at you know what in whatever avenue they're going after, um, you know, you look at Elon Musk and Elon Musk and what he's able to provide uh, via Starlink when he chooses to, right? And so those capabilities that are, you know, that are traditionally state-based are, you know, diffusing rapidly, and so. We've always we've we've kind of been shielded because most of those folks um, either have values that align uh, with the United States or are American citizens. Um, but there's going to be a time when they're not, and so um, you know that's just one of those things where when someone gets a toy that they you know shouldn't have or means to do the U.S. harm in a very very damaging way non-kinetically.
0: Yes, sir. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, next question, sir. Final question. Um, you know, in the, this whole episode and in the series is, you know, advice, you know, recommendations for, you know, force managers. Right. But is there anything, you know, that, that comes to mind, anything else that, you know, you would like to share, you know, in terms of, you know, you know, development mentorship for our force managers.
1: I think you gotta have fun with this, right? Like, You've really got to to find a way, if you don't enjoy one of the aspects of it, you've got to really learn and and teach yourself how to have fun doing this stuff, right? Some of it can be kind of tedious. It can be very, um, you know, very detail-oriented, you know, certain cells in multiple spreadsheets that will, you know, one wrong move and everything is off, right? Um, So you've got to have fun doing it. Right. Um, You've got to maintain perspective of what we're doing, right, because buried, buried in spreadsheets that, you know, in in line and block charts uh, are soldiers at the end of it. Right. And so you've you've got to always remember that everything that we're doing on, you know, on computers is going to translate into a soldier at the Ford Edge. You know, delivering some sort of effect. And so, um, if you keep that in mind, right, everything becomes kind of important, right? But you have to have fun doing that too, because it can be, you can almost create this burden that you can always, you know, you'll never be able to do enough and you'll, oh, and you'll, you will throw your work life balance into work overdrive, right? Or you'll swing too far the other way, like, hey, I, I there's too much change to make, I can't make enough. And you'll hit analysis with paralysis, um, or you'll hit paralysis analysis. Paralysis. So, you know, my advice is you got to have fun doing it. You've got to, uh, you've got to start. You got to become decisive when when you have that authority, right? So when we because we don't make decisions, we make recommendations, and so understanding when you have the ability to say yes, understanding when you have the ability to say no, right? But understanding who else can say yes or no in the mix and not letting that be an obstacle, right? I think far too often there are a lot of people that think they have the ability to say no, um, but the only people that can say no are the ones that can say yes. And so um, if you run into a roadblock where someone's like, well, you can't do that, can you tell me I can? Well, no, so then you can't tell me I can't, right? Um, Now, I wouldn't say that's the first round that you use in confronting a challenge, but keep that in the back of your mind that to say no, you should be able to say yes. You shouldn't also dismiss those ideas out of turn, right? It's kind of that, that thought to yourself, I can't say no. So it should still go forward. It might not be the best idea, but it still is an idea so we shouldn't try and stifle that um, you know I think you know if you have fun with it, you never work a day in your life and I I love what I do and if you if you've made this transition you have some sort of goal in mind how do you work towards that goal right and keeping that up there and I think a big part of that's having fun and we'll be here to help guide and you know guide you through it. So if you ever have questions, you know, reach out to this network that we've got. Um, don't hesitate. If you're suffering in silence, um, then you're doing it wrong. Right? There's too many of us that have seen it that know. If we don't know the answer, we know someone that would to help. And so use that network as much as you can. Um and I think the last thing is you can w- when presented with a situation uh, where people aren't either doing what you doing what you need being responsive, you've got to remember you can do two things you can lead a horse to water and you can drown a horse right you cannot make a horse drink and so you cannot make your boss care right And so don't, don't overinvest yourself in trying to make him care right put yourself into the work but also don't become emotionally attached to the course of action because all of the hard work can can go away the boss can make a decision to to the counterfactual right he can say i'm not interested today and that is okay it is his decision his or her decision So it's not a personal slight, so you can't take it personally. You may have done all of the spreadsheets and all of the work, and he might say, I don't, it doesn't apply to us. And that is okay. It is his or her decision as that commander to do that. And if you're not emotionally attached to the course of action, you will be okay with that too. You do good work day in and day out.
0: And you will go as far as you want to. Yeah, yes, sir. Uh, there's there's been uh, a couple of times where you've allowed me to, you know, be in the driver's seat in into brief. Um, and you know, I've I've had I've had those concerns where you've had to, you know, talk talk to me about that. So I always, you know, I always appreciate you know the you know these these reminders, right? And this is a this is another good a good refresher. So great words of wisdom, sir. You know, I really appreciate it. Um, all in all, sir, um, you know, to conclude this, this podcast, this, this episode, you know, I really appreciate your time, you know, taking time on, on a a weekend, um, to, you know, dive into a very important topic, um, and have this discussion, um, you know, going through several, several questions that, you know, and this wasn't even, you know, my idea, this was, you know, from the force management community that, you know, asked me and and helped me build, build this product of, of questions to talk to, uh, senior leaders in the, in the force management community to get different, different perspectives. So, uh, again, sir, you know, I, I really, really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, before we sign off, you know, I'll defer to you for any final comments.
1: So I've got, I've got two last things. So I'd be remiss first to say, um, I'm super proud of you, you know, like doing this on your own, um, you know, spending your own money right like so make sure all the world knows that this is this is not a free endeavor that matt bigelow is putting himself into this right so i'm super proud of you for all of this right you've i I know you've exceeded your own expectations i'm super proud of all the conversations you know i've you know i've told you I am the least interesting person that you have get on your podcast thus far, and you're going to follow me up um, with somebody that's absolutely echelons above me. Um, I won't spoil it for your for for the listeners, but the you know he's got a couple of people on deck that you know again I look like small potatoes, so I'm super proud of you, um, and I can't wait to continue to see how this continues to grow and blossom and you know watch you be a victim of your success because it's all it it's all it has been thus far um this the the last thing i think i want to leave everybody with um is you know i think we have we have one big gap that is a really really hard nut to crack in the army um and i think as force managers we do an equally bad job of it and it's building the family network um outside of the office right and so um you know our spouses uh really i think they have more questions sometimes than um than people have you know have answers right and the 50 network is so unique where you see folks at leavenworth you know going through Um, the marketplace every year. And if there's a 50 there, they're, you know, in a situation where there's, you know, everything is totally different. Right. Um, My wife has found it hard, you know, sometimes to relate to some of the other spouses because, Oh, he's a force manager. Right. Well, it's totally different. Right. And so I think what we really need to do, you know, kind of moving forward is how do we take, how do we build that family network? Right. And I think it's part of how do we, even as a staff leader, build those bonds in that family support group um, for our families, right? So I'll say if, um, you know, for for all the listeners out there, if you've got questions or your family, your spouse has questions, right? Don't hesitate to reach out, right? My wife and, and I will always answer, or if not answer, help guide you in the right place to help get answers to some of these questions because This is a family business um, and that doesn't change. And so just because you're 50 and we don't do a great job of kind of like, Hey, your, your spouse just jumped ship to FA 50. There's no pamphlet or brochure. So, um, all of that to say, if, if your families have got questions, right. Don't put those aside and reach out to, to to some of us that have been doing it a while um because our that means our spouses have been doing it for a while so um i I say all that to say don't let them suffer in silence either
0: all right sir well again you know thank you very much sir know, i really appreciate it well thank you matt thank you sir all right, thanks for listening. Stay tuned for future episodes on FM Metro and Development, another dive into PPBE and in the budget, a historical visit to the 1973 Yom Kippur War as it pertains to modernization, a discussion on strategic readiness, and a look at our competitors as outlined in our strategic documents.